How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the MMA Frequency. Two episodes in a row, week to week, back to back. We're cooking. Who let him cook? Uh, last weekend, uh, Perion and Marab Devalishvili fought. Really great fight. Uh, let's run it down. Let's run it down. Let's run it down. Let's run it down. So I've got a couple of uh, ones off of that card that I thought were very, very fun. Uh, I liked Victor Henry versus Tony Gravely. Uh, it was fun, back and forth action. Never discard those under uh, unranked bantam weights on the undercard. All right, you want some action? Flyweights, bantam weights, featherweights. Let's get it. Uh, Victor Henry is a great gas tank. Oh my gosh! Uh, you just put a pace on Tony Gravely. Just put a pace on him in all three rounds. Uh, Gravely came in to wrestle and had success with the wrestling. But there was just so much open space and dead time in the middle of the octagon where Victor Henry, body kick, front kick, one, two, just whatever. Just showing any look he could uh, to tag him. Never really looked too fatigued, even going into the third round. Uh, great fight. Both guys had their moments. Uh, Victor Henry won. The first actually like banger on this card, though, was Davey Grant versus Rafael Sunsau. Woo! Oh, I, I love David Grant so much. David Grant is a madman, a wild man. Uh, honestly, you don't really need to talk about the whole fight. You really need to talk about, like, the last minute and a half. Uh, essentially, Asumsai was just killing him on the feet for all three rounds. Or, not on the feet. He was killing him with the wrestling. He was getting, getting the takedown at will. And it was pretty even in the striking. But uh, Asumsai just started to wear him down across all three rounds. Because he's getting the takedowns at will. And eventually he was just using to implement his game plan on the feet too. But at the end of round three, Raphael took him down, was getting another takedown, and uh, Davey grabbed the fence really bad. And the ref took the point, but uh, he was like, uh, you were like ending up on the top kind of somehow-ish. So I'm taking the point, but we're standing you back up, which was very clearly done just so that it wouldn't be a sunset laying on Davy Grant for the last minute and a half of the fight. But it was a great improvisation by whoever that ref was. Uh, he started the fight, but uh, they started going at it. Davy Grant started touching him up, and the sunset panicked, dropped down for one big double leg, lifted Davy Grant up to slam him, and Grant got his legs around a sunset's head in an inverted triangle, and so instead of slamming him, the sunset just kind of like flopped to the ground, and and Grant locked up the triangle and had it in tight. Uh, and the ref just kept poking at him, grabbing at him. There was like a half a minute left in the fight, but he was out. He was out. Insane last minute finish. Oh, Davy Grant spent like a lot. He was gonna win all. He was gonna lose all three rounds. He lost all three rounds of that fight. Uh, sunset was gonna win the decision. <sighs> Great, incredible hail mary submission from Davy Grant. And then we've got a little prospect alert on the heavyweight division. I know I never do that ever, 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 except for sometimes, but I'm gullible. Uh, Carl Williams versus uh, Breschke, Polish Breschke. Uh, he's going to be out of the company after this fight. doesn't matter. Uh, but as a heavyweight action fight who could actually, in a heavyweight action fighter who can actually keep the action going into round two, is incredible. I will be goddamned. Uh, the first round of that fight definitely a little boring, 
But as soon as the big dude, Breshi, I started round two, immediately mouth-breathing, immediately, completely and totally out of gas to start the second round of the fight. Uh, they got incredibly heated, and uh, Carl, Carl Williams tagged him, uh, and, and Williams just pounced, pounced on him, uh, tried to get him down. Uh, he didn't knock him out there, and he got him clinched up against, against the cage, and just sent this guy coast to coast. He picked him up and threw him like halfway across the octagon with a belly-to-belly suplex. It was ridiculous. Uh, just peak shitty heavyweight. Breshki was on the ground doing like dumb forward rolls trying to escape and just landing on his back uh, <laughs> under Williams. But uh, Wakaro was just beating the ever-loving piss out of him, taking him back down to the ground when he got up. Uh... It's kind of a massive L for Carl Williams. He couldn't get the guy out of there. He couldn't actually finish him. But and then the dude was leaking blood and just gasping like a fish out of water, flopping around. But a heavyweight wrestler who is wrestling in the third round gets my gold star no matter what. No conditions, no stipulations. Carl Williams, you get the gold star. Wrestled in round one. Didn't Was definitely tired, but didn't even look too bad in round three. Also, it's an addendum. We learned, incredibly funny, these UFC 30th anniversary gloves, they're not, like, special. They're not, like, custom-made gloves with, like, the design inset into them. They're literally decal logo stickers pressed onto the gloves. And we know, because Carl Williams was punching this guy so hard and so many times that his decals peeled off of his glove. (laughs) Oh, incredible stuff. Uh... Time to go to an actual really, really fun fight. Uh, Jonathan Martinez versus Saeed Nurmagomedov. Uh, really, really great performance from Jonathan Martinez. Uh, Nurmagomedov was keeping a really, really good pace on the feet. Uh, he was The strike selection was good. He's really, he's incredibly fast on the feet. Uh, but he was just like, getting worked in the clinch. Uh... Martinez was mixing in knees and elbows really well on the fence. Even though he was smaller than him, he still got the underhook and was able to held him up there. Uh, and Martinez was generally keeping his composure incredibly well. Like, Seidner Menov was just throwing, like, he's just throwing spinning back fists and just lots and lots, just giving him lots of different looks. And Martinez stayed super composed, uh, defended a lot of really, really good single legs, uh, and even when he did get taken down, he would give him a lot of short elbows off of the back. Uh, those were really, really nasty. Uh, and both clinches, uh, Saeed took him down. Martinez managed to work his way back up to the fence and controlled him in the clinch. Uh, it was pretty incredible because at like almost exactly the halfway point of the fight, after one of these grappling exchanges got them up on the fence, Martinez... He pushed Saeed Nurmagomedov off of him, uh, and they walked into the center of the cage, and the camera cut just in time to catch Saeed taking the biggest just <gasps> breath of air I've ever seen. Uh, the strike, but even then, like the strike speed was still there for Saeed, even though he was clearly like pretty gassed out towards the end of the fight, but. Martinez just got way more closer, striking, like, in the pocket as the fight went on. Uh, 
It was really, really interesting. But Martinez pulled off the decision, really essentially by like a very, very last minute. He got, uh, he escaped the submission on the ground, managed to get Saeed back up on the cage again, and he just, he landed just enough offense. It was just like a couple of knees, a couple of big hooks. There wasn't too much action on the feet. That was enough action to swing the entire round and the entire fight. But great, 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 great fight. Said Nurmagomedov should probably invest in like actual striking fundamentals because he's so fast. Like he's really, really good. I wish he wouldn't just like, oh, I'm gonna switch stances and throw front kicks. Like it's not how you knock somebody out, buddy. You just you got a really, really fast front kick. But I would, I would suggest a jab, maybe a left hook. I don't know. Uh, another just garbage bin man fight on the main card. Uh, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. Classic, sloppy, light, heavyweight, garbage fighting. They were supposed to be the main event a couple weeks ago. And uh, they recently had Andre Muniz versus Brandon Allen in a main event. But uh, Ryan Spann came out. Uh, Rock Krylov was a jab. And, and immediately became so afraid of Krylov panicking and getting him on a double leg that he got Krylov. He picked Krylov off in the body lock and, and threw him with, like, the belly suplex. Uh, and from there on, the two men just, just dived straight into their deep, deep book of meme grappling, uh, just trading bad single legs, uh, sloppy guillotines, and then Krylov finally managed to get onto Ryan Spann's back on the ground. And, you know the crowd at the arena, they realized the danger Ryan Spann was in. And, and like Rocky, they, they decided they, they needed to USA, USA, USA. And then Ryan, Superman Spann, he heard them. He, he, he thundered to his feet, sent Krilov flying off his back and immediately threw a punch into Krilov's guard and got trying. The power of America, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, incredible stuff. Oh, incredible, incredible stuff. And then that was the other thing, is like, Krilov like, wasn't even doing anything. In his back. He was just like goofing around. He didn't have any hooks in. He was like playing with wrist control, and, like plinking punches off the side of his head. So when Ryan Spann just stood up, Krilov, he didn't have anything to hold on to. He, just, he really did just slide right off of Ryan Spann's back. Ugh, funny, funny, garbage fighting. This fight wasn't really garbage. Uh, it was just entertaining. Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov. Ooh, y'all, I mean, I said it about as much. I was like, if, if Romanov can't get his wrestling going, and believe it or not, Romanov walked in there, tried to get his wrestling going, got a single leg up against the cage, and just, like, awkwardly, Tried, tried his damnedest to get uh, Volkov to the ground. Volkov got him off the cage, and Romanov. Romanov also just looks way fatter than usual. But Romanov looked baffled after he couldn't get the first takedown, and Romanov cracked Volkov cracked Romanov with a straight right hand, and Romanov was like, "Nope, nope, nope!" Immediately dived, dived for a leg, and Volkov took the package and beat on this dude for ninety seconds. Another really, really quick fight but incredibly entertaining because Volkov was looking like particularly like Alexander Skarsgård that day. He was looking like the Norseman. He just jumped on Romanov's back 
and just punched him in the head for a minute and a half. Brutal stuff. They don't call this guy Drago for nothing. Uh, on to the main event, though. Jan versus Davalish Vili. I was saying something about grappling pressure, pontificating about it last week, and I feel like Marab just heard my voice through the clouds because it's like it's it's like he's like reinvented a whole new way to like be a fighter, like <laughs> so. Corey Sanhagen, really, really good. But the difference between Marab and Corey Sanhagen is that Marab has the cardio to stay in Jan's face and strike for five rounds. And even though it's not as high level and technical as Corey Sanhagen, he he can actually be there. And that is like, he's not just striking. He As soon as the fight started, uh, he, he picked a single leg. He he like broke the, the single UFC red fight record for attempted takedowns or something. He was at like 40-something by the fifth round. He was literally using the takedowns to like make Jan walk back and like create... Like he would shoot a lazy single leg and Jan would get up and he would get up and he would just go right back to the single leg. It was like... It's, <laughs> it was incredible. It was incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, and yeah, his striking... He was like throwing running elbows at Jan. Like his striking shit but what mattered is that he was giving him different looks and that there was something coming uh also incredibly funny that there was actually a a legal knee scenario in the first round of the fight where another thing i did love is that uh sometimes marab off of the scramble or the clinch he would just settle for a front headlock just a front headlock like he did not care as long as he just was like holding on dion that's all he needed uh but at one point, Marab settled for the front headlock and backed Jan up to the fence. Uh, so you would think natural position is to start unloading with knees. And Perion just put one hand on the ground. Just one hand on the mat. She's a grounded fighter. Please don't hit me in the head. Uh, <laughs> just such irony considering that Marab is uh, like super close friends with Aljamain Sterling and uh, his team. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I could give like a round by round analytical technical breakdown of like all the different things he did and all the different things that happened and all the different moments he got onto the ground, but he just was constantly in his face, constantly going for takedowns, constantly throwing something, and it was just like kind of like overloading Jan's like defensive matrix. Like he could not, he couldn't pick like a place to counter, and he was staying defensively intelligent on the feet too. Like he was keeping his guard up high, etc., etc., etc. Like. I don't know. Marab just tooled the guy up. Uh, got like a pretty like gross like uh, mouse on his face towards the end of the fight. He was showing damage. Like now, Marab Marab uh, had probably the fight of his best fight of his career. Uh, at one point, uh, Jan threw a strike and fainted into a takedown attempt and Marab was scrambling before Jan had even touched his legs or like <laughs> there were times where like he would he would he would throw stuff and Jan would high shell and Marab would be on the takedown before Jan even looked down <sighs> he's incredible he's incredible he's incredible I could take up the whole episode pontificating about him so that was that whole fight night pretty pretty fun card uh we had too much to talk about last week, but let's enter the news room. News! We got a little bit of news for you this week. Uh, 
UFC 288 is official. It's Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo for the Bantamweight belt in Newark. Uh, tickets are $500, so I am not going to show my face there. I'm going to sit my ass at home and eat some chips or something. Just have a nice time. Uh, Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush for that card is also a crazy, crazy fight. Uh, Darren Till took a sabbatical. He got... He got cut from the UFC for getting dogged by Jericho's Duplessis recently. Uh, Eddie Alvarez was the most recent old man who is tired of doing real fighting to sign with BKFC. Uh, pretty funny that, like, three years ago, everybody said that BKFC was a scam and that, like, they were going to collapse in a couple of months or, like, 18 months or whatever. They still seem to be, even though I find it uh, not exactly, I find it uh, not exactly classy, uh... Still a place for these old men to go and get paid. Good for them. Speaking of old men, Glory Kickboxing of all companies suspended Alistair Overeem for pissing hot for a year. Uh, his fight with Batter Harry is overturned to a no contest. Let's get real here, folks. Glory, what the fuck are you doing? It's Alistair Overeem. I want him to be on steroids. He's better when he's juiced to the gills. He should be the only fighter allowed to do steroids. Ugh. People these days. Uh, and then, one last uh, little dispatch from the newsroom. Uh, dancing on our enemies' graves. We learned this week that Dana White's power slap will not be returning to TB TBS for a second season. Uh, LOL. Uh, the, the Power Slap show, just everything about it was a disaster. Uh, Dana White getting caught, slapping his wife on New Year's Eve right before debuting. Uh, the fact that, like, uh, people were getting, like, seriously, like, injured on set. Or, like, every, like, people, like, faces were swelling up and stuff. Uh, the fact that, it, like, nobody watched it at all. Uh, I had, what did, I also learned that the, the finale show, the championship, it aired on Rumble? Like, the, 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 the Glenn Greenwald platform? Uh, well, he doesn't own it, but, like, the, the show's also... Uh, unfortunately, Power Slap is not cancelled. Hopefully it's done after this, but they're putting season two of this show on the conservative, like, Netflix. Ugh. Ugh. But, yes, this is Dana White's XFL moment to the nth degree of failure. Packwatch. All I have to say is Tony Khan... Congratulations for getting your time slot after AEW Dynamite back. Crack your white claws. Cut your lines of coke. Have a grand old time, Tony. As well, this coming up this weekend, we've got UFC 286. Usman vs. Edward 3. Main event going to be a really, really entertaining scrap. But uh, I've game planned out a couple of the fights on this card for you. So let's get right into it. Uh, first fight I really care about, Lerone Murphy versus Gabriel Santos is a really, really interesting scrap. Uh, originally it was going to be Nathaniel Wood versus Lerone Murphy, uh, would have been a good one too, but Gabriel Santos is current LFA featherweight champ and he's stepping in, uh, not, not exactly on short notice, about a month out, not terrible. Uh, Lerone Murphy, also hometown fighter, just for the record. Uh, Santos is an interesting kid, he's got a tough head. Uh, I've watched both of his LFA fights, and uh, one of them was a crazy, crazy, crazy comeback. Uh, crazy chin on the kid. Uh, the other one was just a solid fight where he won the belt. But I'm not totally sold at him on a, as a striker. 
he loves to throw like silly spinning uh, back fist. He loves to throw Shevchenko specials spinning back fists way too close. Uh, his, his place is definitely more the grappling. Uh, he was really like fatigues guys when he gets on their back, gets a body triangle and stuff like that. Uh, so that's probably going to be his game plan. Uh, I'm glad I also studied like uh, tape reviewed the other half of this fight because Lerone Murphy spent literally the entire first half of his most recent fight uh, getting dogged by Mach 1 Amerikani. I mean, not dogged. He was just getting outgrappled by him the whole time. Uh, he pulled a beautiful knee off of the takedown for the finish, but like, let's not forget what was happening in the grappling before that fight, and that's also kind of just on Amerikani being a shitty cardio merchant, but it's essentially a battle between Lerone Murphy's striking and Santos's grappling. If Santos can get back can get past Murphy's defenses, he's going to want to use his striking to set up the grappling and get to the ground. Uh, it's pretty clearly a weakness for Murphy. Maybe it won't be. Maybe Santos takes him down and he just scrambles and gets right back up, and my whole prediction is wrong, but they don't pay me by the minute. On to the next one. Uh, Jai Herbert versus Ludovic Klein. Yeah, that is a fight that was happening. I decided I was so bored by both of these guys. I just... Next, uh, Mohamed Mokayev versus Jafel Filio. Mokayev, really, really fun prospect at flyweight. Uh, he's a takedown machine. He loves to get people up in the cage, do the mat return, uh, just go to work there, get up on people. Uh, he prefers the submission offense to the ground and pound, really, which some people find boring, but at least he's doing something. He isn't just, like, completely laying and praying. Uh, Mokayev's really, really talented. And great gas tank. He'd do it to you for all three rounds. A uh, really, really talented guy. Jafel uh, Filho is a Shuto guy from Brazil. Uh, he's got a pretty good record. And apparently he was impressive in his one contender series fight. Uh, I didn't get the chance to, like, I don't know how to get footage from, from Shuto in Brazil. But his resume is, like, loaded with finishes. So Mokayev's the biggest favorite on the card by far. He's, like, minus 700 or something. But, I mean, it's jiu-jitsu versus wrestling. Anything can happen. I can always see, you know, maybe Makayev makes a sloppy entrance and gets submitted or something like that. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, but if I was a gambling man, I wouldn't put my money anywhere near that fight. Uh, hopefully it's a good scrap and Makayev doesn't just walk right through him. Jack Shore, the Welshman, versus Makwan Imirkani. Uh, it's close enough to hometown event, home uh, crowd advantage for Jack Shore. Welsh, but close enough. Uh, apparently he's made the permanent jump to featherweight from 135. He started out with, like, a solid featherweight hand. Uh, Emmerichani is a solid, good grappler, but he's also Mr. Zero Gas Tank. Uh, and Jack Shore's had a lot of time since his last fight. He got submitted in his last fight, uh, but a lot of, maybe he's, like, kind of filled out the frame at heavyweight, hopefully, you would hope. Uh, but, like, already going into it, like, he'll be about an, he's an inch shorter and about an inch Less of reach than Amir Khani. So it's like a matter of how well Jack Shore handles the physical adjustments of moving up. You know what I mean? Like, if Amir Khani's bigger than him and Shore comes in feeling smaller, is Amir Khani going to be able to just dominate him and control him in the grappling? Is he going to be able to create separation on the ground? Or is Amir Khani just going to fumble the bag because he can't keep his pace up halfway through the fight? Uh, Casey O'Neill. Her last fight was, like, over a year ago, so I, like, don't know a lot about her, but she's an undefeated flyweight. Uh, 
threatening to apparently bring interesting striking to the women's flyweight division. So Dana White is like Emperor Palpatine and is like, we must deploy the Jennifer Maya battle station. Uh, very simple. Will Jennifer Maya keep that gate or will Casey O'Neill actually do something? Marvin Vittori versus Roman Delince. This is going to be, oh, either the stupidest fight in the world or just a banger. Uh, Roman Delice is on such a dumb run recently, and I will be incredibly sad when it comes to a close. Because uh, Marvin Vittori theoretically seems like the right guy in terms of skill set to be- beat Delice. But that's, that's what I was saying before the Hermanson fight. I was like, Hermanson should be able to take this guy out. And then he just completely outworked him on the ground and TKO'd him. Uh, and Vittori is coming off of getting tooled up for three straight rounds by Robert Whitaker. But Vittori has a chin made of granite. So I don't really know. Delize might be able to like knock him down and stuff, but uh, I've never even really seen Vittori like in a lot of of danger on the feet. He's just got a solid steel head. Uh, uh, Vittori should be able to get him to the ground, and I think he's inclined to be a little more patient down there than Jack Joker mode. Uh, he probably won't like. I mean, once again, uh, jujitsu zero belt over here, so I can't really be like, eh, Jack, Jack Hermanson made a terrible adjustment, and that, uh, you know, Delita took advantage and got him. But uh, I think Vittori is more inclined to be patient on the ground than Jack. Uh, but if Saturday night Delita is on Vittori's back and pounding his head through the canvas like the Hulk, please forget I said anything at all. Ignore me. Uh, Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barbarina. Gunnar is a, he's a fun out. He's had like two fights in the past four years or something like that. Uh, this is like a very simple prospectus for Gunnar Nelson. Uh, tried to go for your grappling. He's a submission guy. Uh, Rafael Dos Santos annihilated Brian Barbarina on the ground. Uh, it's originally going to be Daniel Rodriguez, but which would have been a much more fun fight. But now we get Barbarina. Uh, Brian, is, essentially, he's got a ticking clock here. He's got to not flail around like an idiot and try to put together some disciplined striking to hurt Gunnar Nelson on the feet and stop him from... make him not think about the takedowns and make him think about the fact that I'm getting punched in the head. You know what I mean? Uh, this may be too much for him, but he should try to maybe use his footwork, maybe, like, circle away from, from Gunnar or something... Uh, uh, not just go straight forward and straight back, etc., etc. I don't know. Gambling man shouldn't probably touch this fight at all either because uh, Gunnar Nelson isn't getting up there in age, but who knows? This main card is kind of... Uh, but the co-main and main event more than make up for it. Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Faziv. Uh... Gaethje has scarcely utilized his wrestling in his recent fights. He basically only uses the wrestling if, like, he's about to get knocked out. Uh, and it's starting to get embarrassing for him when things get to the ground in terms of uh, how badly, like, Charles Oliveira outworked him. Like, you can forgive a guy for losing to Habib, but, like, it feels like he's, like, nobody's... I don't know, I don't know. It feels like he's just got nothing there on the ground. Uh... 
Rafael Los Angeles spent 19 minutes chasing one double leg against Fiziev's zone. So, like, even if Justin does start to wrestle and, like, tries to get on top of Fiziev and makes that part of his game plan, uh, I feel like things are going to be pretty well-matched. Obviously, the real interesting thing is to say about this fighter on the feet. Fiziev is an absolute monster. Uh, if I was Justin Gaethje, the first thing I would be looking to do, hammer that left leg with calf kicks. Uh... Fiziev is an orthodox fighter, but he loves to switch stances. That's like his whole thing. A lot of the time, the left leg is also his pivot leg. Like, when he's switching from orthodox to southpaw, it's the one that he's, like, moving back in the big sweeping motion. You know what I mean? So, like, hammer that lead leg. Then, you know, it, it limits the stance switching. It limits, hopefully, some of that speed and the mobility. Because Fiziev is so fast. Uh, oh. He can't do all of his striking at range. He has to get into the pocket at some point. But uh, he's so fast in and out of the pocket. Uh, another strike to watch out for, he loves that counter right hand out of Orthodox. Uh, cracks people with that counter right hand out of Orthodox. It's lovely to watch. Uh, I don't know what to say. Justin Gaethje is Justin Gaethje. He's violence, man. You're going to get a lot of, like, lunging uppercuts, overhands, etc., calf kicks, uh... This should be five rounds, for one. Uh, but it's going to be a really, really, really fun scrap. Uh, this is the other thing is, he was like really, really strong for the division in terms of the strikes, but at some point you're going to have to step into the pocket with Gaethje and deal with some of that coming your way too. So I have a feeling that these guys aren't going to make it to the judge's decision. It's going to be a really, really fun fight. It's going to be a banger. Uh, and then for the main event, the thing that really, really matters, the re-re-rematch, or well, no, it is the re-re-rematch, uh, coming off of Leon Edwards' 2022 Frequency Award winning knockout of the year over Kamaru Usman, I decided, why preview one fight, or review one fight, when I can go down the line on all three of these fights? Uh, so I watched... Usman versus Edwards 1 from 2015, and Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards 2 from last August. Uh, one of the things that uh, is staggering to me, one of the changes over the last seven years, is uh, Usman's striking game. It's honestly ridiculous uh, how he managed to integrate everything so well. Usman's whole, he was a cage wrestler from the beginning, but for the first two-thirds of his career, he couldn't easily get people to the cage. He would have to, like, go heavy in the clinch and try and push them up against the cage or get a double leg and, like, also try and walk them across the octagon. Whereas when you look at the Kamaru Usman of the second Leon Edwards fight, uh, everything is there. He recognizes his own power in his hands. He's using the jab. He's walking Leon down. He's using the striking to crowl him up against the fence so that he doesn't have to shoot a double leg in the middle of the cage where his old man knees are going to, like, hurt really bad. Uh, instead, if he just walks Leon up against the fence, then, you know, you go for the clinch or you go for the double leg, and it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to wrestle a guy up against the cage when his back is already against the cage. I mean, that's just one thing. Uh, 
Leon has always been that dude. Uh, he's always been super competitive with Usman in the grappling. He got that, in, for one, working to that first overhook uh, in the first round in the second fight, and then, or the first underhook, and then getting the second underhook. A uh, completely beautiful way to pull off that trip out of the clinch. But yeah, he took him down in the first round of their second fight. And then in the first round of the first fight as well, when Usman got the uh, pick on the takedown, Leon essentially neutralized his offense for the whole round with a triangle off his back. Like, he's always been pretty decently matched with him. Uh, in the first fight, though, uh, it was just Kamara's pressure. Like, at a certain point, uh, by the second and third rounds, Leon was just kind of wilting. The same way he was kind of wilting in the second fight. Uh, before, you know, his coaches breathed the fire. They 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 spoke the spirit energy back into him or whatever. Uh, but uh, there was also some. Never mind. That doesn't matter. Uh, just there's just some epic 2015 MMA refereeing when uh, they got separated off of the fence when Leon was clearly working, and then the ref also ignored a blatant nut shot. Classic. Classic 2015 refereeing. But, uh... The other thing about the second fight, uh... I mean, Kamari was kind of dominating. You know what I mean? After the first round, uh... He was just implementing his game plan so well. And I feel like if he had just kind of kept pushing Leon for the fifth round, Leon... Leon's best moments of offense on the feet were in the first and the fifth round. And that kind of flurry of offense was definitely like, I don't know, Usman, he knew he had three rounds in the bank, and he definitely wasn't coasting, but why try and get yourself into an engagement like that if you know you can just stand in the center of the octagon and win the fight by not engaging in the grappling and just kickboxing with him? Uh, which is why that, that head kick is so incredible, that trap is so beautiful, because Leon really did look, he was just... Just trying to plink away at Usman, and you know, he thought the fight was over, so you know, left, 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 real left, head kick. Oof, incredible. Uh, but in terms of prospectuses for both guys, one of the things, obviously, I mentioned it before, Usman's pressure was winning him the first and the second fight. He has to keep that pressure going into the third fight and not really let. Like, even more than before. Not really, just, just don't let the guy get any space. And Leon has to has to strike more. He has, he has to be the first guy in those engagements because he can't just bank on getting a miraculous last-second finish. He has to actually be pushing the engagements and actually hitting Usman to, like, do damage to him. That's the thing, is that all the... He just, in the third and fourth rounds particularly, he looked just wilted and just defeated on the feet, standing across the octagon from him. Ugh. I mean, I like Leon. I am uh, a mega Usman nut hugger first, but I feel like Kamaru is still the heavy, heavy favorite going into the third fight, knowing what he did in the second fight. Uh, the first fight was honestly maybe less dominant than the second one. Uh... His striking used to be so silly. He was really just flailing around, running at people with like, oh my god, just, just winging hooks. Oh, what a guy. Uh, what a guy. 
the second fight, uh, I mean, in terms of, you know what, actually, I think I covered everything that I have to say today. Uh, we talked about both fights, went over for both fights, what both guys need to do in this one. Uh, you know what? Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm actually done. I got to the end of this, uh, we had to do on the agenda in a reasonable amount of time. All right, everybody. Uh, I will be back next week with a review of UFC 286. Uh, this has been the MMA Frequency. I am Joseph Dolan. Bye-bye.